Latter-day Liberty Podcast, Episode 16. Hello, welcome back to the Latter-day Liberty Podcast with your hosts, Matt Kent and Daryl Portsline. I do need to slow that down when I say that. I've been told that multiple times. Um, this is the Latter-day Liberty Podcast. Uh, thank you so much for joining us today. We are sorry for the huge... Um, pause that went on there. It was, it was for dramatic effect mostly. Um, and, uh, we, we knew you wanted more, but uh, we made you wait. And Let's now be we were just super lazy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that is, yeah, that's mostly the problem. <laughs> All right. But today we're going to be talking about, um, well, I don't know exactly know how to, to, how to describe this topic other than the fact that let me just start out with this. Um, uh, with, there is a, a quote I was looking at, and if I could find that again, that would be good. Okay, so I was recently watching a, um, a, a piece that Ben Swan did. And if you don't know who Ben Swan is, he's fantastic. You can look up truthinmedia.com. Uh, it's, it's a fantastic website. But anyways, he, um, he put together this video. He does a reality check on the news in, um, in Atlanta, Georgia. And during one of his reality checks, um, he came out with a piece where he talks about this. And this is a quote from this piece. He says, according to new poll, uh, a new poll by CBS, Trump and Clinton have historically high unfavorable ratings. Donald Trump scores a net negative of negative 33. That's a favorable rating of 24% compared to 57% of voters who vote, who view him unfavorably. And on the Democratic side, Clinton has a net negative of negative 21, a 31% favorable rating and a 52% unfavorable rating. Okay, so I thought I would start with that. So however you want to, you know, discuss or, or label this, this, uh, this episode is fine. Mostly we just wanted to discuss the, the fact that those are our options is what we're told, right? This is, this is what we have. We have Clinton on one side, we have Trump on the other, and the, this is what you get. So choose out of those two, and, and, and th that's going to be our next president. So, Yeah, and I, I figured we couldn't really get away with um, not talking directly about this election cycle a little bit um, during this time. So um, it was kind of, I kind of thought we should do something on it, and I just... I see so much rhetoric out there um, about that, about how, you know, I mean, e even from even from the, the left and, and people that I that I really disagree with on almost everything, I still see, you know, former Bernie, Bernie Sanders candidates or former Bernie Sanders supporters, um, and they're now flocking over to Clinton because they're like, well, it's better than Trump. And it it's just it's just crazy to me that um that we real first of all that we really think that Trump and Hillary are that different because they're really not that different and I, that I think that's one thing we could get into a little bit and then um also just the fact that nobody likes either of these people we all know that they're both not great people wouldn't be good presidents yet we feel like we're forced into voting for one of them just so the other one doesn't get in there. Um, and I kind of wanted to maybe debunk that myth a little bit. Um, yeah, so we'll, well, first off, talk a little bit to that. You know, what do you, what do you hear is the, are the main differences between the two? I, personally, when I hear people discussing, <laughs> the, you know, who are you going to vote for, Trump or Hillary, because that's what we're down to now, I, I still, 
I can't tell you the last time or any time that I've ever heard somebody discuss what the differences between the two are because that doesn't actually come up. Most of it ends up being, you know, I can't stand the guy. He scares me or she scares me. And I, you know, that would be awful to have her in there. I never hear, you know, what it is about that person that scares them or, you know, what the difference is, why Trump is is more favorable or Clinton is more favorable uh, to that person. And that's something, I don't know, have you heard anybody give arguments that in that direction? Well, honestly, the the biggest thing that I can point to that is different between them is some of their foreign policy stuff. And with Trump, it's almost impossible to tell where he actually stands on foreign policy because he's all over the place. One minute he'll be talking about how we need to, you know, go get those stinking terrorists. And then the next minute he'll be talking about how we need to drop out of NATO and our allies are, you know, not real allies and we should just do our own thing and all this stuff. So, um, whereas, you know, Hillary Clinton... She's she's very much a war hawk, right? I mean, she she is all about the wars, um, and Trump is not quite so much that way. And and that's honestly like Trump's one redeeming quality, I guess, from my perspective, is that he's not quite as likely maybe to get us in, into some crazy new war. Um, but other than that, like they're almost exactly the same. I honestly don't. So the the typical differences between conservatives and liberals are, you know, your your typical hot button issues like abortion, like gay marriage, um, you know, the difference between thirty five percent income tax versus a thirty percent income tax. I mean, I mean, these are the differences that we're talking about now. Of course. Many people would say, well, abortion is a really big deal, so that's a huge difference. I would agree, but if you actually look at the way these people are voting and the and what they're actually the bills they're actually supporting and things like that, they they are not actually like the ones that claim to be anti-abortion don't ever push the anti-abortion agenda anywhere. And the ones that claim to be pro-abortion kind of just, you know, same thing. They kind of want to stay in that middle ground where, you know, most people can can be okay with it. And they don't really want to push the issue too far one way or the other because it's a it's an important issue for them to keep to keep going in perpetually, right? Yeah, yeah. Because that, it earns them a lot of money. Exactly. <laughs> that and that debate, that's what it's interesting because um what that's one of the that's one of the things that Ron Paul said early on when I first, when I say early on, <laughs> early on and when I was first starting to get more exposed to him, um, that's one of his comments that, that really um, st- uh, stuck out to me was just the, the whole idea that, you know, well, if you look back when, you know, the, the Republicans have had, the, they had the president, the house, you know, they had enough going on in their favor to, to be able to push through all the anti-abortion stuff that they wanted to. And, and then they didn't. Why was that? Well, because if you look at the conventions that they do as far as, you know, anti-abortion, all this stuff, they have a vested interest. It's, it makes them a ton of money to, to be anti-abortion and to continue that fight. You know, we don't want that fight to go away. We don't want the, you know, we don't want anything to close there. We don't want decisions to actually be made. We want to continue fighting on that because that makes us a lot of money. It's, it's really interesting. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good point that it's, it's about the fight continuing. It's not about winning it or, you know, whatever winning looks like from whatever perspective you have. But um, it, it's the existence of that fight and the fact that they can get people so fired up about it. Right. That's what's important to them about it. Um, so anyway, with this kind of, I guess, backdrop, we've got two candidates we bol- that everybody hates. Um, we've got very, at this point, very, very little difference between the Republicans and the Democrats. I mean, 
<clears throat> I don't know if you watched the Republican uh, convention at all, Matt. I didn't. I did not. Um, I decided to follow along on Twitter a little bit. That's about all I did. <laughs> and um, that's where it, that's usually where I go for all my news. <laughs> it's really interesting, though, how. Um, the, the Republican conventions are starting to sound more and more like the Democratic conventions. So, I mean, they're, they're, it's really just one party yeah. <laughs> at, at this point. Um, but they keep those, you know, few fires going, those few battles going to, to make it look like they're they're somehow offering different, different things. But we're really getting the same thing out of both of them. And um, <clears throat> so one of the arguments that I hear a lot that I wanted to address is that a vote for anyone other than one of the, than the two main candidates is throwing your vote away. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Th- this term "throwing your vote away" gets thrown around a lot, and it at this point makes me it frustrates me a lot because I think the literally the exact opposite is true. A vote for either one of those two main candidates for the last few decades is my definition of throwing your vote away. Because you are literally voting pretty much for the same person either way. And neither of those people are really representing your true principle, the principles that you claim to, to have. And so that is the definition of throwing your vote away, is voting for something like that, rather than voting for someone who actually holds to your principles. Right. And this, I mean, this goes back to, and and I mean, you've brought it up as well, but this is one of my favorite quotes from President uh, Ezra Taft Benson, he, he flat out says, right, a vote for the lesser of two evils is still a vote for evil. It doesn't matter if, you know, if one is, well, they're, they're better on this one, su- you know, subject over the other person, but, you know, everything else is, is crappy. The, if, if you feel like they're evil, I just feel like, yeah, the, you, you can't, and this is where actually, okay, um, this goes back to, for me, I've heard quite a few of the, the Republicans because that's mostly who I, I, I talk with, but I, I've, I've seen a ton of backpedaling, right? There was, I mean, there was absolute hatred and venom when, we, when you would talk about Trump to these Republicans. They, they were not happy with the guy. They didn't like, they, they hated the fact that he was the candidate that was m- most likely going to be their candidate. You know, they couldn't stand the guy. They were all for another, um, another person. But now, now that he's clinched it, I have seen so many of them <laughs> backpedaling on this and they have actually said, um, and this is something that I've done in the past as well, but they've said, you know, I'm not voting for Trump, I'm voting against Clinton. But if you vote for somebody else, you know, for a third party, you're throwing your vote away because it won't do any good. You, you could actually end up giving the vote to Clinton at that point. And that, like you said, that's one of those things I just feel like I, when the church has come out and they've come out again and reemphasize the importance of voting, when they come out and they say that, I can guarantee you they are not meaning go out and settle for somebody because you think it might help somebody you feel like might be a little bit worse from getting into office. It, no, go out and vote for somebody, right? <laughs> right, right. And so, <laughs> yeah, and there's, there's actually, we can probably just read it now because it it makes a lot of sense um the uh there's a uh, uh in dnc doctrine and covenants 98 um verses 9 and 10 um just ties into this really well um it says nevertheless when the wicked rule the people mourn wherefore honest men and wise men should be sought for diligently and good men and wise men ye should observe to uphold 
Otherwise, whatsoever is less than these cometh of evil. So, I mean, I think that it's really an open, shut, open and shut case. I don't know. That, that seems like it's a little bit, you know, vague there. What? <laughs> yeah. So, if, so, I mean, and, and here's kind of my interpretation of it, which, I mean, it's not really interpretation. It's right there. But um, it's, it says, honest men and wise men should be sought for. Good men and wise men, you should observe to uphold. And what, if it deviates from that at all, when it says, otherwise whatsoever is less than these, so whatsoever is less than good or wise, cometh of evil. I mean, that that is pretty direct. Right. And if you can honestly, if you can look me in the face and honestly say that you believe that either Trump or Hillary is an honest or good person or an honest and wise person then sure, go ahead and vote for them. Right. If you can't, <laughs> which most people can't do that, if you cannot do that, please don't vote for them. Right. Because it it just, it's a vote for evil. It really is. Now, I'm not saying that those people are evil. I'm saying that voting for them will allow more evil to happen than good. Right. And but this goes, so it okay. is a vote for evil for evil principles. Yes, but as devil's advocate, let me just throw this out there. So for example... I would vote for Ron Paul, but not everything. I don't, I don't necessarily agree with Ron Paul on all, in all aspects. How, what would you answer to somebody that, that came back with that? Well, um, I think, I think honestly that, so there's a difference between issues and principles, and there's also a difference between character and issues. So, you may not agree 100% on every single thing that somebody, every single issue that a candidate supports, right? You may have a little bit of deviation on issues. But if you believe that they are an honest and good per, a person of moral character, that's, a, that's way more important than what issues they may or may not support. Because if they are, if they are grounded in good principles and are doing their best to apply those principles correctly in politics— that that's you know the most you can ask of anybody. Now I, I do think that there are good people that have good moral principles that that are in the political sphere that I wouldn't vote for because they are overwhelmingly showing me with their votes that they are not applying those principles correctly. Right. So I think that there does have to be a mix of the two. You need to it needs to be a good and honest person, and they also need to be interpreting and applying their principles mostly in the right direction. Right. And so that, I know that's a little bit wishy-washy of an answer, but that's, that's <laughs> <laughs> no. And that's, so that for me, that actually goes back to like with Bernie Sanders, right? Um, I am not a Bernie Sanders fan, but it boils down to, I'm not a Bernie Sanders fan because of um, what his, his voting record, right? Like he is a socialist. I, I totally disagree with that, but I would have to say over Clinton, I do feel like he believes this is the right, you know, I, as far as I've seen in his voting and all of that, his record, it shows more along the lines of, that he does, he does vote along his own principles is what it feels like, uh, at least more than Clinton does for sure. Um, but again, like you said, it's definitely in, in a direction that I, I don't agree with. And so I, w I wouldn't vote for that person. And so that actually brings me back to, to Ron Paul. I, you know, 
with the candidates that we currently have, and, and this is the saddest thing about this is for the Republicans, we've got Trump and nobody really cares for him. Uh, well, I say nobody, but I mean, he won the nomination, <laughs> but um, a whole lot of people don't like him. A whole lot of people don't like Clinton. Um, you look at the libertarians and we've got Gary Johnson. Um, he's not my favorite. And especially when he brought on his, uh, his pick for his vice president candidate as well. Like, so you've got everybody's, I feel like everybody across the board is just, is just a little bit disfranchised, um, dis I can't, anyways, they're, they're all upset about things right now. And so what, what's interesting about this is I'm probably going to just write Ron Paul in <laughs> because again, it goes to voting for somebody. And this whole idea, this back to your point about, you know, the throwing your vote away and we want to, we want to get rid of that. Let me just throw out there that the, the founding fathers, they did not, they did not, you know, narrow it down to, well, I'm going to vote for one of the, you know, two options that have been, even if two options had been handed to them from, you know, the king comes to them and says, okay, fine. We're going to have a couple people, you know, be in charge of that area. Here's your two choices. Uh, you know, they'll be reporting to me and, and all of that. Um, but, you know, here's your two choices. And you choose between the two. They would not have chosen between, you know, it, it, throwing your vote away is, is a total, it's a nonsensical idea. And if you go back to Ross Perot, let's go back to 1992. Okay. Ross Perot even in the face of so many people across the board, Democrat and Republican, telling you know, telling everybody, if you if you vote for a third party, you're throwing your vote away. He had like that again. That was at that time. They, that was huge. People were saying that all over the place. He ended up with what was it, nineteen percent of the of the popular vote? Yeah, nineteen percent. Okay, that's in and, the and face. And think about how many. Think about how many of those people that didn't vote for him but agreed with him more that voted for the other two because of that rhetoric about throwing your vote away. Yeah. So he had 19% of the people that were really hardcore and decided, you know, I don't care about that whole throw your vote away argument. I'm going to do it anyway. So imagine how many more people actually agreed with him more than the other two and were just co not coerced necessarily but <laughs> convinced, but convinced yeah. into um, voting for the other two. So that, that 19% is extremely high when you view it in that, in that light as well. Yeah. And if you look at Ron Paul, his, his stats for 2008 and then his stats for 2012, it, he, it was a big bump from between, you know, like from 2008 to 2012, all of a sudden people were like, yeah, you know what? I'm sick of this. Ron Paul's right. We're going to go for that. And anyways, it's, so I'm just saying it, it is not a waste. It is, the only way to see change is to finally just, you know, ignore the two options that we don't care for, that, that we would rather not have, and go actually vote for somebody that we, that we would want. Um, so anyways, it, that's one of those things I, I, I would highly, highly recommend people to try to do is, you know, the church has come out and told us we need to get out and vote. I'm going to go vote because of that. And, but I'm not going to be voting for, you know, or voting against Hillary by voting for Trump. Yeah. Um, speaking of third parties, third party candidates, and, and you brought up Gary Johnson a little bit. Um, I, like you said, Gary Johnson is not my favorite candidate in the world, but he is so much better than Trump and Hillary that, that he's a little bit tempting to vote for him. Um, I'm definitely not advocating that people vote for him. Um, I have my problems with him. Um, but I did find, I did dig up a, a really good quote from him about this topic of, you know, throwing your vote away um, that I really liked. I wanted to read that real quick. 
Um, it, he says, when someone tells you you're wasting your vote, recognize that they don't care about you. It's a selfish statement. They are saying that your beliefs aren't worth being represented, that you should silence your voice so theirs can be louder. Vote your conscience, not somebody else's, po- not someone else's politics. That I love this quote, and it's probably one of the most, one of the best things I've ever heard him say. And um, my favorite part is that is that he he when he talks about silencing your voice, that is literally what you're doing when you vote for somebody who you completely disagree with on almost every principle, but you decide to vote for them because it's a vote against somebody else. You are silencing your voice. You are making your voice literally count for nothing. And I love that he uses that and that he speaks with that very bold language because Gary Johnson is very guilty of not speaking boldly a lot of times. But this <laughs> I, this quote is great, I think. Well, and what's interesting is it it's not just silencing. It's not just putting your making your voice worth nothing. It's actually putting negative on it because you are then you are becoming one more voice that they are using to say, oh, see, more people support Trump. They, they support these things that he's been advocating for. You're actually, it, it's actually causing negative, pro- you know, you're actually causing problems. It's not just that it's silence. It's you're actually in, uh, increasing the evil, I guess, the increasing the negative. Yeah. Um, and I think that, so I think that one of, one of the ways we can maybe break away from this way of thinking is um, focus on focus on principles rather than issues and focus on what politicians are actually doing rather than what they're saying. Yes. So I, I think those are two, two kind of guidelines that I like to use now. Um, we talked about the principles versus issues thing a little bit. Um, I, all, along those lines, um, I think a lot of politicians... They li- and this goes with you know based on what they say and what they do as well. But um, a lot of politicians, when they when they speak, their rhetoric is all about the outcomes that they want to produce. Yes, they want to help poor people. They want to um, you know build these bridges for everybody, whatever it is. So they want these these outcomes that sound great. They don't ever talk about the justice or morality of how they're planning on getting there. And so that that is kind of you know an ends ends versus means discussion as well. But I think we we need to look at the means. We need to look at okay, they're going to do this thing. I like that thing. I like helping poor people. How are they trying to accomplish that? What are they going to actually do to make to to supposedly help poor people? Turns out most of the things they do don't even help poor people. But even if they did, they're they're doing unjust and immoral things in in order to help people. So even if they are helping people, they're hurting a bunch of other people in the process. So it's 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 all you know that nobody would actually vote for hurting people, but they will vote for helping someone else. So we need to look you know behind the scenes. What are they actually doing? See, and that's and so this actually goes back for to to something for me that drives me nuts with. Um, political rhetoric, rhetoric, like you've been talking about, is that how they how they present it is like you said, they start with what the the outcome that they want, but they also present it in a way that you know they literally are implying every time whenever they say you know well we want to help poor people so we're going to blah they are implying 
that that will actually help poor people. And if you, this is where we, we as, you know, we the people need to start doing our, our uh, due diligence on these things and start looking into what actually is helping poor people, you know? It, and what's interesting is as you dig into this, this is why I'm a libertarian. As you dig more into this, it's, again, it goes back to when you live those principles, when you stick to those principles, you know, liberty and not hurting others and not stealing and all that stuff. When you stick to those principles, that actually has the best outcome. Like that is how you get to the best outcome. So when they bring up their whole, you know, well, we're gonna tax more, but it, you know, we wanna help poor people, so we're gonna tax the rich. Okay, again, let's go back to the principles and let's take a look at what the effects have been. Like you said, you know, let's go back to what, let's take a look at what they actually do, not just what they promise, but let's take a look at what the results have been from all of these things. And it's, it's not been good, but again, back to your point, and I love that you bring it back to this, is that even if it did help, even if it was, you know, it was doing, you know, helping the poor to steal from the rich, that's still against our principle. Like we, we need to stick to those principles and that's, anyways, it, it, uh, anyway, I, I don't want to get into the utilitarian think, argument. But it, yeah, it, again, though, it's to think that you, that using immoral means to, to get a desired outcome will work is just, is just faulty thinking. It can't work. So this idea that, well, if we steal from the rich and give to the poor, if we get the outcome we want, then, then great. Well, you can't get a good outcome from doing bad things. That just simply doesn't work. Um, and, you know, God understands this a lot better than we do. Um, and sometimes it's very hard for us to, to, it's hard to watch suffering and we want to do something about it right now. Um, and, and there are a lot of things we can do right now, right. That are non-coercive that are, that are, that are, um, in line with our principles. So it's not saying that we, that our hands are tied by any means, but we do need to look at, you know, the morality of the actions that we're taking, um, on, on the topic of, of, listening to what um to what politicians are watching what politicians are actually doing rather than what they're saying um i just i jotted down a few things before we started that i just wanted to mention so you brought up the abortion thing already matt that that was a really good one how um republicans controlled all three branches of government for a while they didn't do a thing about abortion obviously showing that they don't really care about abortion they care about votes and about money um so let's look at some other things. And a lot of these come from Obama's um, reign because that's, uh, you know, the most recent stuff that I could think about. But um, closing Guantanamo Bay, he, he promised to do that, never did it. Um, he promised that he would, they, that the oceans would begin to recede. Do you remember that super fiery uh, <laughs> speech that he gave where, you know, he's going to save the environment and all these amazing things are going to happen. He literally said the oceans would begin to recede. They haven't. Um, he's promised we'd get out of Afghanistan. We didn't. Um, politicians for for decades have been talking about wars on poverty, wars on drugs. Nothing has improved in either of those areas. Um, now we've got Trump out there saying, make America great again. Um, do you really think he's going to make America great and is the great America that he has in mind what you really want an, a great America to look like? To, you know, if 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 beating everyone into submission is what you want a great America to look like, then maybe that's maybe that's your vote. But if you want America to be full of full of principled and moral people, then we need to look for completely di 
opposite candidates from what from what we're looking at. Right, and that actually gets us right into the you know, I don't know that to me that that gets us into the the idea of what principles are we looking for then, and this. Back to your comment when you were talking about, you know, Hillary and Trump and, and that they're pretty much the same, you know, they're, they're the same pretty much. And it's it's not actually voting um, for something different. There's no real vast contrast there. In the the one way that I feel like that that is the most true and, and how you can be, the you know, how you can see that the, the best is when you when you look at the fact that where are all all of the solutions that they come up with are all government-based. You know, the government's going to solve that problem. Gover- if there's a problem, oh, government, federal government's going to solve that problem. Again, this gets us back to the idea of, you know, liberty and individualism and all that, you know, people are fantastic. And we, as a collective, when we work together cooperatively, voluntarily, amazing things happen. But the problem with Hillary and Trump, and this has been the problem with all of our, you know, the federal government for so long, and this is why it keeps growing, their whole idea is, you know, if there's a problem, well, we've, you know, this, we've got a solution. The, the government's got to come up with a solution. And that's where, again, we need to be looking for somebody that recognizes the, the federal government cannot regulate, they cannot legislate morality. They cannot legislate, you know, they, they cannot make me, people more charitable. Holding a gun to somebody's head does not make them more charitable. Uh, you know, things along these lines, we need to be looking for people that, that are living by the principles of the gospel, really. We want to look for people that are, are allowing others to make their own choices and, ex- and um, exercise their own agency and experience their own, um, you know, their own, uh, take responsibility for the, the, the uh, consequences of those actions. That I feel like, and I actually have heard... <sighs> I have heard uh, a politician, and it just happens that it so happens that she's she's a Democrat. She's on she's a left leaning Democrat, but she flat out said, you know, I think I think what we can do, and she was talking about Social Security here. But she's like, I think we can I think we can you know shield people from the consequences of their poor decisions. Again, <laughs> this goes back to you know that is not how God works. This is how you know we need to look for a candidate that literally is sticking to principles and sticking to the the gospel principles that w- that we believe in. Yep, and that that obviously doesn't mean that we have to that, that we have to vote for the Mormon if there's a Mormon in the running, um, because you know again it goes back to the whole. Um, how, what are their principles? And if, if they're, if they're, you know, a a good member of the church, that means they have some, some good core principles. We also need to look at how they're applying those principles to politics. And unfortunately, um, you know, secret combinations, um, are real and, and they, and they do happen. And people are getting, being blinded by the craftiness of men. This is happening and it's happening among members of the church, just like non-members. And, um, we can't lean on, you know, just a person being a member of the church to to determine w- if they have good motives or if they're applying their principles correctly. We need to kind of look at the whole package, look at look at everything they're doing, look at look at um, what principles are guiding their actions and and all of that stuff. So, um, I I think I think I'm I'm out of material, <laughs> Matt. You, you good? No, I, yeah, I think we covered everything I wanted to. I guess just in closing, again, we'll just reiterate. You know, go out. And find find the person that you feel like is you know falls in line. Go vote for somebody, and if that means Trump or Hillary, um, 
we're not doing our job. I'm just kidding. Um, we, <laughs> if that means Trump or Hillary, at least have, you know, at least be able to, de- to, to defend that position and know why you're voting for them, that you're voting for them and not against the other, you know, the other candidate. Throwing your vote away is, is totally a nonsensical idea. It is, it is not real. Um, and the, it, you know, if, if you're like me, um, it might just come down to the fact that, you know, you, you'll just end up writing somebody in. But I would love everybody that, you know, and this is meant for Latter-day Saints. We are told to go out and get our vote out, go out, vote for somebody. But again, reading back in the, in the scriptures, we know the kind of person we're supposed to be looking for. I would love all of us to be able to go home from, from the voting booth with a clear conscience, knowing that we voted for somebody that we felt falls in line with our principles. So anyways, I'm going to get off my soapbox, but that's going to do it for us today. Um, we really do appreciate you uh, sticking with us through, through these hard times and through some dramatic pauses, but uh, we're going to try to do better with that. And, uh, but for now, um, we, we are going to be hopefully coming up soon. We're going to be talking a little bit more, um, getting a little bit more into these topics as far as, you know, um, Daryl brought one up today, you know, how, how things are get enforced and that kind of thing. Um, we want to get Connor Boyack back on here and talking a little bit about, um, some of either some of his books or, or some of the stuff that he's, the Libertas Institute is doing here locally as well. So, uh, stay tuned for that. We will get back to that. And, uh, thanks for joining us. We'll see you guys.